0: History is important. Knowing history is very important. Our school here at Queen of Peace, one of the foundations of our school is is our history program. Um, Two times in those eight years, the kids go through the entire world history. So first grade, they go through ancient history. Second grade, they'll learn about the Middle Ages and the Reformation. Third grade, they'll learn about the late Renaissance. And then finally, fourth grade, they'll learn about modern history. And then fifth grade through eighth grade, they'll go through those that rotation again. And then even now with Mater Dei Apostolate, which is the Catholic high school option we have available to us, ninth through twelfth grade they'll go through that rotation again and so in in 12 years of school they go through all of world history three times and they say if you don't know history you're doomed to repeat it i think a great example of this is our last century especially um, with communism A lot of people don't understand communism, and they think, oh, this sounds great, you know, let's all share things, and everyone will be equal, and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, do you know what you are saying? Do you know what happened in the last century? Do you know how many tens of millions of people died because of communism? All because people don't know their history. History affects the way things are today, that shows and explains how we got to where we are today. But even more important than world history is what we can call salvation history. History of salvation. Why is salvation history even more important than world history is because salvation history is written into our being. It's who we are. Salvation history basically is we were created good. We are good. But because of the sin of Adam and Eve, we're fallen. We experience the effects of original sin still. But we are redeemed in Jesus Christ. Salvation history so important for us to understand this. A beautiful thing that many of you I know have taken part of in the last couple years is uh, Bible in a year. Bible in a year with Father Mike. And not only is this great because... You get to know scripture, you get to actually hear every word of the Bible. Um, But more importantly, you get the bigger picture of salvation history. You understand Bible history in this way. And it's so important that we do. There's a book that came out a number of years ago, as I, I forget the actual title of it. It's a book on evangelization. And it says in about 200 pages what could basically be said in three pages. Um. But the point is, is still very relevant. It says, people don't understand their need for Jesus because they don't understand their history. They don't understand their need for a Savior. They don't understand our brokenness, our separation from God, etc. And so this book argues that we need to be able to explain salvation history first. People need to know salvation history and therefore then will experience and know our need for Jesus, then we will commit our lives to him because we know we need him. Today's gospel, the Good Samaritan, is really just a summary of salvation history. Immediately when we hear this parable, what do we interpret it as? We say, okay, well, Jesus is telling us that those in need are our neighbor. And it's not so much whether or not, you know, they're the same nationality or the same religion, but rather everyone who is in need is our neighbor and we need to care for them. And that's true and that's right. But the church fathers, those holy men from those first centuries who were so close to Christ and wrote so much on the faith, they interpreted scripture in a much more deep way, more profound way, in a sense a spiritual way. And so when they looked at Scripture, they always looked at it through the lens of Jesus. And all the characters and the images and the things in these parables meant something deeper. And so what I'd like to do is take us briefly through this parable and share with what the church fathers said about it. Because ultimately in this parable, who is the victim of the robbers, who is the one left half dead on the side of the road? It's you, it's me, it's humanity. And who ultimately is the Good Samaritan who cares for the man left half dead? The Good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. And so the parable begins by saying a man went from Jerusalem to Jericho. If you know anything about Geography of the Middle East, Jerusalem is higher up than Jericho. And so you actually had to come down from Jerusalem to go to Jericho. And so the church father said, in Jerusalem, that's saying that man was in a state of grace. But by coming down from Jerusalem, he descended into a state of sin. Jesus says that this man fell victim to robbers. Who are the robbers? The robbers are the devil and his demons, stripped of his clothes and left for half dead. Well, this means we're wounded by our sins, and we're stripped of our grace, of our immortality. We're stripped of the great level of dignity that we had at the beginning. And to be alive in body, but to be dead in spirit is to be left half dead, as Jesus says about this man. The passers-by, the Levite and the priest, who are they? Well, the church fathers will say they represent the sacrifices and the law of the Old Covenant. That they actually, the sacrifices and the law of the old, Old Covenant, couldn't actually save us, couldn't actually heal us, couldn't actually help us. Just as the priest and Levite just walked by without helping the man. And then the Samaritan, in a sense, also comes down. But in his case, he doesn't come down from a state of grace to a state of sin, but he comes from heaven. Jesus descends from heaven, condescends into our world to save us. The Samaritan pours wine and he pours oil on the wounds of this man. St. John Chrysostom says, He does not pour water, but he pours wine. That's the blood of Christ's passion and the oil that's the anointing of the chrism and so this means that pardon is granted by Jesus' blood and sanctification conferred by chrism the wounded parts are bound up by the good Samaritan who is the heavenly physician Jesus is the heavenly physician and by the working of the wine and the oil the body is restored to their former soundness St. Gregory will say that the wine was used to sterilize, right? And the oil was there to heal. And he says, well, just in our spiritual lives, we need both. The wine, so to speak, represents um, the severity sometimes, for example, that we need in preaching. While the oil represents sometimes the comfort and the mercy that we need in preaching. And then the Good Samaritan places the man on his own animal. What did Jesus do? Jesus took on his, all of our sins. He took on all of our weaknesses onto himself. In the same way, the Good Samaritan takes this man and puts him onto his very own animal. And then he takes him to the inn. What do you think the inn represents? The inn is the Catholic Church. An inn, right, is where you're fed, is where you're, where you're rested, where you can recoup, where you're refreshed. In the same way, the church is where we are fed, where we're refreshed, where we're healed, where we can get better. And as the Samaritan, he couldn't stay there forever with this man. Jesus Christ doesn't stay forever here physically on earth. But he entrusts us to this church. The Catholic Church continues the saving mission that Jesus that the Good Samaritan had from the beginning. And then finally, those two coins, those two coins, the Good Fathers, some of them said, they represent the the commandments of love, to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so it's important that we know our history, but especially to know salvation history, because it's who we are. We are created good yet we're fallen, but we are redeemed by Christ's blood and his grace. It's important that we realize this and appreciate it, because then we know we need a Savior. We realize that without Jesus, we are lost. We are left dead on the side of the road. And so, my friends, what is our response? A response has to be that two commandments of Jesus, to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves—that That is our response that we are called to make when we truly appreciate our need for a Savior and what God, through Christ, has done. Because I would argue that those who do not seek to love God and those who do not care about loving others, they don't truly appreciate or realize their lot in life without Jesus Christ. They don't appreciate salvation history. And I would argue that all of us, if we were honest, we don't love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and our neighbor as ourselves as much as we should. But if we truly appreciate what Christ has done for us, that we were left half dead, that he is the good Samaritan who picks us up, heals us, and cares for us, and gives us everything we need to grow then we would seek to love God with a whole heart, mind, soul, and strength in our neighbor as ourselves. And so this great parable is not just about how we are to treat others, but more importantly, appreciating what Jesus has done for us. We are the man left half dead, and Jesus is the good Samaritan who comes to save us.